Hey everyone, I'm Tangia Renee, your host, and I'm tickled silly to bring you season two of That's What She Did, a podcast about women leaders, innovators, and rebels you've probably never heard of. I'm bringing you stories about remarkable warrior women, rabble rousers, fearless truth tellers, empire builders, and so much more. This season, shaking things up a bit and bringing you a new co-host for each episode. That means each week you get to hear directly from a woman of impact and learn all about her badassery that she's creating in the world while we gab about current events or whatever's on our minds. And of course, we'll be highlighting the stories of incredible women from all over the world that will inspire you on your journey. You don't want to miss this because when you bring together lady bosses to talk about other lady bosses and maybe throw in a drink or two, well, anything could happen. Thanks for joining us and don't forget to subscribe to That's What She Did, the podcast. Smooches! Hey guys, it's your host, Tangia Renee, and I need to take a quick second to welcome our new listeners. So welcome, South Korea. I don't know how you guys found us, but I'm so happy to have you. So everyone out there, whether you're in South Korea or anywhere else in the world, do us a favor, snap a pic of yourself listening to the podcast and post it either on Instagram or Facebook and tag me at Tangia Renee and the podcast. That's what she did podcast. So I can give you a proper shout out and thank you individually. I love that you're listening to the podcast. I love that you're sending me messages and giving us reviews. Please don't stop. Remember your reviews on iTunes give us higher rankings and it helps this podcast be heard by more women and friends. So please share, please give us those reviews and get ready for this next episode. Smooches. One more quick note, guys. There's a little bit of background noise in this episode. Couldn't be avoided because it was a super hot day and we had to have the windows open, unfortunately. But it's not for very long and it shouldn't bother you too much. Thanks. This is Tangia with That's What She Did, the podcast. And today I am thrilled to have Lizelle Van Buren. Now, if you've been listening, you caught season one, then you heard me talking about Lizelle and Women That Start Up and her new Women That Start Up Foundation and the experience I had the first time interacting with Women That Start Up and being like, okay, these are my people who are not going to stand for mansplaining in the room. Like, we're not here for that. So I'm very happy to have Lizelle on the podcast today. We have a cool woman on the rise to talk about today as well, but we're just hanging out in the House of Pod studio in Denver. I know that there are a lot of beginner or people interested in podcasts listening to this podcast. So if you happen to be in the Denver area, you need to look up House of Pod at houseofpod.org. Lizelle, welcome. Thank you. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. So we were just chatting a bit ago about like Startup 101. Yeah, right. right. You're big in the startup world. Oh, uh, well, I'm nobody, but <laughs> okay, I am I'm entrenched. <laughs> I am entrenched in and very passionate about startups and uh, innovation. Uh, mostly I'm obsessed with problem solving and brand building. And um, 
Yeah, I mean, that's one part of what Women Who Start Up is about as a community, as an organization, and now even as a foundation. Um, but yeah, I love taking an idea and seeing what juice you can squeeze from that idea and the work that goes hand in hand with that, because that's what it really is all about. It's, mm -hmm. it's about what you do with that idea. There's just no two ways about that. It's, it's, it's always about what you do with that idea. And I am a big believer that if you surround people with tools, resources, um, um, fellow entrepreneurial minded folks, creatives, problem solvers, you can accelerate that um, going from idea to launching something that could be of you know great value to many people. So I, I'm really passionate about that, taking ideas and successfully launching them. Right. So I went to Women That Start Up that first time, right? Like, yeah, so you attended a Women Who Start Up Summit, I believe, so what, it's now July 2018. That was, what, three years ago? It has to have been about Two three years, years ago. ago. Three years ago? I think maybe three, three. Maybe three years ago, yeah. You went to Women Who Start Up Summit, a headline event during Denver Startup Week. Um, and I remember distinctly you being in the audience. I distinctly you do? remember. Absolutely. I have a photo of you when you stood up during Q&A. There were so many people there. <laughs> no, but I because I have so much content that I create from our events, I one, you were one of very few people who got up and asked a powerful question. Um, and it was related to representation mm -hmm. for women of color. And it was it was very important. It is very important to me. It was more profoundly important to me, actually, that summit, which I've never been able to even tell you or whatever, because we, we were going to have a lot more, um, uh, to your point, representation on stage. And a lot of those women backed out. A mm -hmm. lot of those women didn't want to attend. They didn't want to be um, the token, yeah. uh, you know, uh, X, Y, Z. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I was very frustrated with that because... Um, we have to stand up and represent uh, yeah. as women, LGBTQ community, if you're a woman of color, um, whatever you bring to the table, it's valuable. It is very, very important. So I will never forget, actually, when you stood up and said that. It crushed me inside because I felt so disappointed that I didn't have more representation on stage that evening, which most people don't know. Mm -hmm. You didn't even know in the moment. I wasn't going to blurt it out then. Um, but, um, it was soul crushing because I had, uh, tried so much to make sure that that wasn't the case. And there was someone in the audience that then validated everything I know. Mm -hmm. And, and, um, which is, you know, you got to see it to believe it. And representation is, is hypercritical and it's encouraging and it's inspiring and it's, it's a very good thing. And everybody contributes to innovation and yeah. startups and entrepreneurship and technology and product innovation. Everyone has, you know, um, space there. And so I, I work really hard to improve that and I still struggle mm -hmm. and I, um, and we can talk about that more, but I absolutely distinctly uh, recall you standing up uh, the mic being handed to you and asking a very powerful, important question. And inside, I was kind of crying a little bit because it was it was very it was very hard because more people in that audience deserved more representation. And I was so frustrated because people said, well, I don't want to be the token, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, you're not being invited to be the token mm -hmm. anything. You're invited because you're brilliant 
and god forbid you do represent mm-hmm. um and and the audience that's who matters yeah you know take me out of the equation i right. don't matter i want people to really see themselves in a ceo an investor uh, an innovator uh someone who tried something new right all that jazz you know and so um we just have to do better i just have to work harder i gotta just continue to ask um in better ways and um the core as we know is you have to diversify your leadership if you want your community to be diverse if you want your product to be um uniquely diverse um these things matter yeah it starts at the core it does and i appreciate that i do think that leaders in general have to do better around being inclusive it's more than just diversity in business or whatever the thing is that you're doing it's a true inclusivity about what you do and i want to be clear i don't think it's because you weren't being inclusive no i understand (laughs) um, at all um i think what i see happening a lot and i even see it in myself at times is this fear Mm. around being that token person because to get to a place where somebody wants to talk to you that somebody wants to invite you to do something you had to have already done something that they found interesting or impressive or whatever the thing is right but to get to that place you've been tokenized quite a lot absolutely i understand which was totally my experience Mm -hmm. as a woman of color but Mm -hmm. It probably the same experience, if not more so, for somebody from an even more marginalized background, somebody mm-hmm. who's transgender, yes. part of the LGBTQ community on any level, probably even more. There's a fear there around putting yourself out there. Of course. Because it, sometimes you get slapped in the face. Of course. <laughs> frankly. Yeah. yeah. Well, you don't see me on a on 10,000 panels that is talking about being gay in tech. Right. And I am. Right. And and most people don't re- realize that or know that because, you know, I'm not in the spotlight in, in that regard in, in any way. Um, you know, I'm trying to figure out how to do more things for, for kids um, who are LGBTQ because homelessness in, in that community mm-hmm. is desperate. And I have, uh, you know, my idea around that is if we can just teach them how to become entrepreneurs, then maybe we can teach them something vital that can right. resonate f- for the rest of their lives but um sorry that was a little off topic but you know my point there is is i have been invited to things um uh, so that we can you know resonate on that uh, you know lgbtq being lgbtq in tech for example it's not the exact thing but you get the idea mm-hmm. <clears throat> and <clears throat> and the uh the even I myself, you know, had to make sure, okay, well, what's the purpose of this event? Um, who's the audience? And when that's clear, which is to say, oh, well, that audience is really there to come and learn. Um, uh, representation is critical. It's important. Um, it can be life-saving. Um, it can be life-altering. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's that important. And I know that on a deep level. And um, uh you know, I wasn't always like comfortable with doing that stuff in my early 20s. I was so deep in the closet, I couldn't find myself next to a shoe, <laughs> <laughs> you know? And I, I've been working in technology since I was, you know, barely 19. Uh-huh. Um, and so the first decade of my career, God knows, I didn't usher, you know, um, that um, like uh, our next generation does today. And we've had to leverage that quite a bit. And, mm-hmm. um, uh, anyway, um, 
but I can't resonate with uh, a, a, a person of color. I can empathize um, or try my best to, and, and I can be vigilant mm-hmm. and create zero excuses for you know, us not to not have representation. And I, I truly try my bloody darndest. And I have to point this out because, you know, as women sort of grows, we have base camps that are growing. Now we're in four cities. I want us to be in, you know, 20 cities mm-hmm. by 2020. And, um, uh, you know, I have to really coach these. Uh, and coaching is the wrong word. I have to present and lead and make sure that these base camp leaders are extremely aware that you can't just have one type of person as a guest because you will alienate your audience. Um, You have to be mindful from day one that as you're planning a calendar year out of guests, they need to fit all sorts of check boxes. And, And I hate to say that, but we need to have diversity of thought, intellect, background, types of companies, phases of startups Mm -hmm. and we certainly do never overlook we can't just have a bunch of white ladies represent all those facets right and why would we want to what community is made up of just a bunch of white folk zero (laughs) i don't i don't know i mean probably some gated community somewhere (laughs) with their high walls yeah well they're not (laughs) building startups i promise you because innovation um there's a lot of diversity and innovation and that's a beautiful thing and i believe that uh, women of color are the force that is coming, and I want to get all the barriers out of the way. Um, the LGBTQ community is so underrepresented mm-hmm. um, in context of funding and opportunity, and you know, letting it be known that you don't have to be this token gay entrepreneur. And we're—that's exactly what we're talking about. Right. You know, uh, you're an entrepreneur, and you also happen to be gay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Um, and the more we make people um, present in innovation uh, at the table, in the right rooms, at, in all the rooms, you know, we we will move away from gay entrepreneurs and women entrepreneurs mm-hmm. and blah blah blah, and it'll just be like someone who's killing it in Bitcoin or whatever, right. who happens to be a woman, a woman of color, and even gay. You right. know, <laughs> that's my dream. Right. <laughs> or, <laughs> you know. Um, just kidding, but uh, but not. Um, but yeah. So, but in the meantime, um, uh, representation is so important because you have to put a stamp on. To your point earlier on uh, being inclusive, mm-hmm. um, you know, here in Denver, Colorado, we're extremely inclusive. We're working really hard on our diversity, mm-hmm. and we have a lot of work ahead of us. Yes. Um, and what I'm seeing is remarkable community leaders, um, you know, uh, budding up and leading. And what we need to do is integrate that. You know, I need those leaders to bring their communities to women who start up events. Right. And, and likewise, uh, we need to collaborate, learn from each other. That's hypercritical to thriving communities, thriving economies, and awesome ideas actually becoming cool products or businesses successful ones yeah yeah um i'm very passionate about helping women and anyone marginalized honestly to just find the opportunity to learn how do i take an idea and bring it to market successfully all the other shit is just shit 
um, because there's so much social norms we have to try and carve ourselves, you know, find our way through in everyday life. Um, uh, just everyday life, yeah. Right. Like the stuff that, you know, we're especially paying attention to in our current cultural climate. It is very, it's terrible. It's hard. I have to say some days it feels like almost like a secondary trauma. Like you walk into mm. this crazy shit storm that you have no control over mm. and it just slaps you upside the head all the time. Right. And so in thinking of that, yeah. how do you think that's impacted the work that you do? Yeah. Uh, the work that I do as an entrepreneur or like the community that I'm building or just I think like both. overall? Just like overall, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. I, I have... I have a, I have a deep sense of empathy because I am a gay person, mm -hmm. and so, the thing about me is I'm also a white woman. Mm -hmm. So let's just get that out of the way. I've got tons of privilege because of just that, and I don't have a rainbow tattoo to my forehead. Right. Even though I think I might. <laughs> <laughs> and people who know me are like, "How do people not know Lizelle?" <laughs> Which is super cute and just just totally a personality thing mm -hmm. i think they get to know me on a human level but the point there is is if i did uh, if my skin color was a rainbow mm -hmm. maybe i would be more of a target every single day and uh not to just like get off the gamut here but there are more folks that oh gosh and someone's gonna hate me for saying that but that look more gay you know uh -huh. like fits a particular stereotype and they have it a lot tougher our transgender community um have been just so mistreated forever sure. yeah. forever and it, it is heartbreaking and even i myself probably wasn't very helpful when i was much younger mm -hmm. um and so we we've all made poor decisions i think um from some cultural norms about isolating people and alienating people for mm -hmm. who they are and what they look like and who they love. Um, but back to your point, how does that affect me? So um, I'm a pretty serious person. Like mm -hmm. I'm a funny person. Like he, if you get to know me on a personal, very personal level, you know, I'm a big joker. I like to put on accents and like joke <laughs> a lot. At least that's my homebody. You like to run around waving flags above your head. I like to <laughs> run around waving flags. And you know, for the most part, I have so much energy and so much passion. I just want to bring people together and give them an experience unlike they've ever had before. Sometimes that's good and sometimes it's not so good. And that's okay because I'm still learning and figuring stuff out and nobody you know, has written the book for me to how to build a global brand, a global community, how to you know, host events, even though I can learn and pay attention. With all that said, you know, how, how is all of this paying attention for me affected how I operate in the world? I would say that every decision I make is hypersensitive to what are we including? Who mm -hmm. are we including? Um, right now, I'm building the Women Who Startup Foundation, and immediately everyone that raised their hands was a bunch of white ladies, right? Sure. <laughs> and, and I don't mean to put it that way, so it's somewhat jokingly, but it's very true. And um, they just had the bandwidth and the availability, and so you know, two or three folks like raised their hands and said, Lizelle, we're happy 
to step on board to get you going. And now the most important thing that I'm saying to them is, you know, the most important thing that we can do is build our board, build it to look and represent intellectually who we are, our integrity, but also the community. It has to. It's hyper, hyper critical. And I'm hypersensitive about that. Sure. And it's not just a face value thing. It's not about that. It is about truly um, seeking out extraordinary people mm-hmm. um, for who they are, for what they can contribute, and what they bring because of who they are, right. um, and how they think, and what they can teach, and the depth of knowledge and value that they bring to the table because of who they are. Um, I can bring a depth of knowledge and value because of who I am. Right. Um, and, and so should everybody on a team or on the board. Um, and it's not simple. It's, it's no. you know, it's, <laughs> it, it, it's work. So it's easy to just be like, hey, you, you, and you, that's comfortable. I've known you forever. You're not really trying very hard to, to, to kind of, you know, um, include other people that you might not normally. And let's be honest, building a nonprofit board is challenging yeah I've done it it's really hard (laughs) yeah it's just it's very time consuming and you have to be mindful about you know people's commitments Mm -hmm. and then you got to make sure that they show up and you know which is the hardest part yeah yeah. and that they're very passionate Mm -hmm. even as passionate humanly possible as as I am about you know what I've started here and what we want to build uh, over the next two decades you know so um how I operate in the world is I try to be really mindful of mm-hmm. how I interact and talk and think and value and question things. And um, I appreciate that we've become hypersensitive to all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Overlooking it or throwing it to the wayside is, is a mistake. Um, yeah. And I think people do it because it's hard. Like, it's just like so much brain power to think about these things when you're not when you don't have to right you're not if you Mm -hmm. are a straight white woman or a straight white male you don't have to think about what it's like to be a transgendered 19 year old who's really good at math and maybe wants to build the next revolutionary thing you don't have to think about what it's like to be a black woman that grew up in the deep south who sure. wants to do something amazing with sure. their life, right? That's Oprah's story. Like she, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. you don't have to think about those things. I think it takes a lot of brain power yes. to do it with intention. And yes. that's why we see so many people doing it. And I, I have to say, it feels just very intellectually lazy to me. I love like, that. Yeah, <laughs> I love, well, cause I, I, I think this culture is very lazy. Mm-hmm. Well, intellectually lazy, I think, is a profoundly accurate and powerful way to to kind of look at that. Because one, it is intellectual, and lazy is the opposite of being energized about it. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, lies or being uncomfortable, um, because you have to reach out, right? If you're the leader of something, you want to change something, you have to be willing to open the door and reach right. out. But the other person has to be able to reach back I know. as well. Yeah. And I get that it's hard. Yeah. I've experienced it. But to be fair, I recognize that I have my own level of privilege that makes it easier mm. for me to go to something like the Women That Startup Summit mm. and stand up and grab the microphone and be like, 
listen. Yeah. <laughs> I noticed a few things yeah. and I just wanted to let you know. Um, and that was so important, by the way. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was really dynamic and everyone nodded yes and God knows that I feel it and that I resonate with it. And I think you had the full room of six, 700 people support in that moment. Maybe that was 500, that was like three years ago. Uh, we keep growing. <laughs> <laughs> Which is wonderful. In attendance. I hope so. I, I hope so. I hope it continues to grow is what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but I also recognize it's just, it's easier for me to do that mm. than a lot of other people. I know a lot of other women that would not have said that, oh, even though they were thinking it. And in fact, that night at, at the end, as I was leaving, I had a few women stop me and, and say, thanks for saying that I was thinking the exact same thing. Absolutely. And I'm out of doubt. Yeah. And I'm thinking, well, you should say it too. <laughs> I love that. I love that because we do, we do need to encourage each other to take responsibility for mm -hmm. what we want to see change in the exactly. world. You know, the, the slack that I get from mostly women about trying to create this very powerful volcanic, you know, community eruption of making women entrepreneurs visible, even though it's on a small scale t today, if we look at it from a really, really, really big, you know, um, force from the trees kind of preview, you know, what are y'all doing? Mm -hmm. How are you stepping up to the plate to help us 10x this right. effect so that we can get 10x more investors? Um, to take us seriously, to eliminate more and more bias, um, to buy into uh, women aren't just good at creating the next breast milk pump, even <laughs> though I believe that that's hypercritical that women start solving the problems that actually affects their lives. Right. From underwear to anything in any woman's life, we have the opportunity today more than ever with the technology that we have to um, solve some really cool problems and invent and innovate. But for the most part, for eons and eons, women haven't really been encouraged mm -hmm. to, to do that. And besides, we're burdened with a lot of responsibility from not all, but for many. Um, there's career, there's family responsibility if you have one. Um, maybe family caretaker of your, you know, your parents or elders, you know, so like there's so much more that like, and women are like, I ain't got time for this. Right. You know, I'm, 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 I'm very busy. I'm, I'm working, I'm doing this. I'm taking care of so-and-so mm -hmm. like a lot of responsibility. So what I'm trying to figure out when it comes to women who start up and our online platform specifically women who start up connect, which, you know, anyone in the world can sign up for. It's a hundred dollars a year. What I'm trying to encourage there is real-time learning and engagement for, for, well, one, rapid learning, rapid iteration, and being in an environment where you can be like, I've got this crazy idea. What would you do? Right. Or I've got this crazy idea. What should I do? Or I'm knee deep in this first startup of my life. And I don't even, I don't understand this contract, for example, and just put, you know, women specifically in a virtual environment mm -hmm. and that's just the virtual side of things that's the everyday on your mobile device you can open up connect and you can dive in and you can say has anybody ever created a co-founder agreement could somebody give me a sample where can i grab a free one blah 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 because having that information rapidly accessible 
helps us move faster. And I just think that women just need information faster. Right. In, in like in real time, like I need it now. I need it quick, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Um, and so, uh, and not just quick information, but the right information at a rapid pace mm-hmm. or just at the speed of, you know, the way at women operate. At their fingertips when exactly. they need it, like in between pediatrician appointments or whatever. Uh, whatever yeah. your, yeah, life I- is about. Um, yeah, and, and at the end of the day, it, you know, it's, it's zoned in on making sure that um, women know that they can do something with all their great ideas. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, we can invent things, we can reinvent things, and we bloody well should. Um, but we need to resonate with that on a deep kind of human belief level that, you know what, I don't love Facebook, so why don't I try another type of social media platform that makes more sense? Like, why not? Yeah. I'm not saying that you, it's going to be easy to compete, but I'm saying, why even think that way? Mm-hmm. Just try it. Do it. Just go. Go. Yeah. See what you learn. Do it on the weekends. Do it in the evenings. Do it whenever you can. Do it on Friday afternoons when you clock out or whatever your life situation might be, your career situation might be. There just seems to be um, a huge opportunity for women to do something with their great ideas. And I want to figure out how to make that easier, faster, fun, yes, exciting. And, um, uh, you know, anyone listening who wants to help, you know, hit me up. <laughs> yes, please do. And I think to to also say to have it be that community. I think that's important for women. Yeah, I think we can general, solve so. all our own problems yeah. if we were actually just more uh, collaborative and just want to deep dive into that. But I don't know. There's a lot of interesting things I've learned over the years, too, about women and women supporting women. And there's a lot of work to be done there because mm-hmm. systemically there – um, you know, <laughs> we can be cruel to each other mm-hmm. and I don't understand why. And it's also eons and eons of, I think, of cultural norms and, sure. but it's 2018, we can do anything with our mobile phones. So mm-hmm. if we have that privilege to have that device in our hands and we can afford that, then I believe that we can, we can do s- good. We can do profound things even we can do some badass things um and not just scroll through instagram all day even though that's really fun when you just want to chill out <laughs> when you want to waste some time and yeah, we sure. can invent the next instagram whatever that might be you mm-hmm. know agreed but i think entrepreneurs need space they need time and space to invent. And I don't think women have a lot of that. I don't think women have a lot of time and space to just be creative. Mm -hmm. We have to create that for ourselves. Yeah. I think women also have very little time just for this themselves, for our own health and well-being and just quiet time. It's, it's always run, 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 run. Like I don't know a single person, um, that is not a, like a busy body. I think we've gotten really good. We're very fortunate here in Colorado. Not not many places live with our kind of Denver privilege. Yeah, um, that's true. You know, the good, weather good. and the Yeah, what, what is accessible to us? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. The lowest, you know, um, unemployment rate, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. So, so we are very fortunate. So you, we have to consider people that 
that don't have that, that might have two or three jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, how does that person working those two, three jobs take their idea and do something with it? You know, they don't need a million bucks. They might just need the right encouragement. Right. And a tool, like a step-by-step, like, oh, I didn't know. It just takes these five steps to to validate an idea. Right. Like, oh, like in my job, I could like literally do the research just by asking people about this idea, Mm -hmm. start to validate that sucker, come up with a little prototype. I don't know what we're talking about. You know, this is just an, an example could be a physical goods product, could be a software mm-hmm. app, could be whatever. Um, but then, you know, you just have to put it out there and see what, what happens. Yeah. And I think that's a confidence factor. And I love to get women to encourage each other to do shit and fail and learn mm-hmm. and be like, whoa, did you see what I just tried? That yeah. was insane. I, yeah. I don't know what I was thinking. I mean, I kind of knew that was going to bunk. I think, you know, the, the issue of, to- of confidence is, I'm glad you brought that up because it actually, it goes really well with the story of the up and coming woman that okay, I want to talk about today. And, and so um, I think we, uh, we tend to wait for confidence to happen to us. Mm. Like it's going to be, a ray of sunshine that comes out of the sky one day and you're like, I'm ready. <laughs> and that's not the truth. Right. Confidence you gain by doing. Yes. <laughs> by taking action and working yourself through that hard thing. That's right. And getting to the other side of it and going, oh, I just survived that. What else can I do? Um, and that was the thing that really stood out to me about this woman who we're going to talk about right now, mm-hmm. Lauren Simmons. So she got a little bit of buzz earlier last year and a little bit this year because she's a 23 year old woman of color and happens to be the only woman and only woman of color who is a full-time securities trader on the New York Stock Exchange. Yes. And I thought, like, I didn't hear about her until like a couple weeks ago. Recently. Yes, Yes. Very recently. She's been doing it for a little over a year now. And I was like, that's really interesting. How many people of color are on our traders, like actual traders? Well, it turns out not that many. (laughs) Um, And definitely very, very few women. Mm -hmm. Um, In fact, the first woman that had ever got onto the stock exchange as a trader had to buy her own seats Mm. because they wouldn't let her do it. Mm. Um, She was a white woman and she had been working in finance for a long time, so she made a very good living and and she wanted to be a trader and they kept telling her no. So she was like, well then. I'll just buy my own seat. I'm just gonna buy my own seat. And it cost her like 400 and something thousand dollars. Wow. (laughs) To do it. And since that time, there's probably been 10 women. Wow. Um, that have Since, reached that level, yeah. uh, the high level in, in finance in this country. Wow. And the first thing that stood out to me about young Lauren Simmons is that you have to think, uh, I went to her LinkedIn page because I was like, 23 years old is really young. Oh, yeah. To be a trader. Yeah. Well, to be really. Did she go to college? Yeah, she did. So she's not been working that long. Nope. <laughs> this is right out of Get the Get this. Four years ago, she worked at Six Flags. Love it. <laughs> Love it. You see, you 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 cannot underestimate what is possible Absolutely. unless you are willing to walk through that threshold of, you know what, I'm just going to give this a shot. Exactly. Uh-huh. And that's what the courage it took, I think, to do that. And whether it be like youthful courage where you just don't know better totally. to not try something yeah. 
or it was really like she had to talk herself into it. I don't know. Um, oh, I bet. But yeah, she. What I also love about her is like the strategic mind mm-hmm. that the strategic steps that she probably had to take behind the scenes mm-hmm. to do that because she. So here's her history. She graduated from college. Um, from Kennesaw University in Georgia in 2016. Mm-hmm. So she's not been out of college for very long. Right. While she was in college, she worked at Six Flags. I love this. <laughs> at Six Flags, she worked her way up from whatever was entry level totally. at Six Flags to becoming a supervisor. Brilliant. So she learned about management and sales starting Brilliant. there. And then from there, she interned. So in 2015, she was an HR intern um, and at, like, some retail chain. Okay. And then she did another internship where she was a business analyst intern at um, like Saks Fifth Avenue. Mm. Um, and from there she went on to become a sales manager, which she did for a year. Mm. So there's this one interviewer. It's like, well, how did you make, how, what did you think you were doing when you decided to do wall street? And she said, well, I just decided that I really loved numbers and I didn't want to be a sales manager Perfect. and I wanted to move to New York Perfect. So I thought it'd be cool kind of to join, you know, Wall Street. Yep. She didn't use those words exactly, but that was the sentiment. <laughs> right. <laughs> and the how she did it was she was like, well, I wanted to move to New York. Yeah. So I networked with some alumni that I saw were living in New York. Brilliant. So I just reached out to him, to them. Brilliant. And they connected me with someone who connected me with someone. That's a power story right there. Exactly. Of your, the network effect. Right. And I think a lot of young people don't appreciate, well, most people don't appreciate, but I think a lot of young people don't know that yet right out of mm-hmm. the gates, right out of college. Like, I love that. I love that. Yeah, I certainly didn't. It would never have occurred to me at 23. Mm. Well, we didn't, I didn't have LinkedIn yet, to be okay. fair. Let's, yeah. <laughs> but- Let's reel it in. Our 23 <laughs> and her 23 today you know it's amazing what's happened just in 10 years of technology i don't even know if twitter was really a thing yet yeah it was i think it was brand brand new when i was graduating from college 2009 i mean it was just young yeah it was a micro blogging platform for god's sake presidents weren't running their campaigns on it yet myspace was still around Hot. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> so she's leveraging what's available to her to leverage, which is a lesson in of itself. And also just having the ability to reach out to our earlier conversation. Yeah. And yeah, she's so maybe there were no other people like her doing that. But she <laughs> probably went on LinkedIn and was like, well, there's a couple people from my college that live in New York now. Let me just see. Totally. And that takes a certain level i think of ballsiness yeah i think you know you mentioned that she's like i love numbers that's what i'm so drawn to Mm -hmm. obviously her brain operates in that capacity she needs to put herself in an environment where she's crunching those numbers and um she she asked and it tallied up yeah and she kept showing up like she kept pushing to the next level because she got an interview yeah. for some other position right. and didn't get it. Right. And I would guess she had to go through several rounds of interviews, right? Of course. Didn't get it. Yeah. But then they came back to her and were like, listen, there's this, we have a role for a trader on the floor. Are you in? You want to interview for it? Shh. She could have said no. 
right? She could have been like, absolutely, like, oh, there's no other black women. There's like, no women yes. there. That's not for me. She could have walked away from it, but she said, yeah, I'll interview for it. Beautiful. And so now she's she's been there for a little over a year. She's still the only woman that's a full time trader. Uh-huh. She's the only black woman that's oh, doing it. Right. And she is the youngest of all Trader, traders. Uh, period. period. Yeah. She's the youngest. Well, and I'm go. like, so, say her yes! name. What is her name again? Her name is Lauren Simmons. Yeah, I'm going to go follow her on Twitter. Uh, I don't think she has a Twitter account. Oh, that makes sense. You can follow her on LinkedIn, though. Dope. <laughs> she doesn't have a website yet, but. <laughs> <laughs> That's all going to come. The next thing it you know, is. she's going to be like on, you know, on a news show. Yes. She's going to be like a news anchor finance news anchor good for her this is this is what it's about yes you mentioned it earlier is like you cannot build your confidence if you're not willing to walk through a few thresholds and Mm -hmm. i think that i know i know that that accounts for the rest of our lives yeah like you know it starts when we start (laughs) yeah it ends when we end and every time the opposite's true too, right? Like every time you try something and it fails, um, that's tough. And so mm-hmm. you have to be resilient as all get out. And that's something a, an entrepreneur really, really has to have. And God knows, I think women are very resilient. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't need to explain that one. Um, but <laughs> It's just a lot to be said for walking through the fear and doing it anyway. Because I got to... I got to look at, at Lauren and think, okay, she was, she was 22, right? Right. Yeah. When she applied. Yeah. And there had to have been some level of uneasiness of discomfort there. Right. I'm sure she knew that she, if she took that job, that she wasn't, she was going to be the only one. She's truly a unicorn yeah. on the New York Stock Exchange. It's wonderful. Right? It's wonderful. She had to have known that, but was still like, well. Maybe. I don't know. Like, I remember like. Being at the Art Institute of Colorado, and I'm I'm 19, and I heard the same day that there's an internship, and and they were I was like, well, are any of them paid? And they're like, yeah, one, one internship. And I, they must have been like 50. One is paid, and I was like, oh jeez. So I ran upstairs. I made a CD-ROM. <laughs> <laughs> I had to put my resume on a CD for God's sake, um, and ran downstairs, and it was like in the lunch cafeteria area. Ran downstairs, started shaking hands, and I was like, which one is the one that's the paid internship? And walked over to that one, and that was my first 10 years of my career. That, mm-hmm. that landed me a job. And you know what resonated there is the guy was from New Zealand, and I said, oh, I was born and raised in South Africa, and we started talking about rugby. <laughs> uh, sports must never, ever be underestimated for a great human connection. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything for that matter, but any human connection um, because that's how we operate as people, strangely enough. But I have to say, the reason I brought that up is I didn't think about, I wonder how many other women work there. Didn't even phase me, by the way. I learned much later in my life and my career, fight. like, holy shit. <laughs> I've been listening to a bunch of white dudes for so long, I cannot even think clearly. Yeah. I was like, I'm out. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I learned a great deal, but that was part of what I learned. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God, I cannot. I just cannot. And, um, but I don't recall. Now, once I was in it, you know, you start to pay attention to things like how the young men were talking to you and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, I don't think so. Mother- bleep. <laughs> I was like, whoa. 
Um, and yet to really, I, I learned like, oh, I had to really stand my ground. Not that I've ever had a problem with that. Mm-hmm. Only child syndrome and maybe an immigrant <laughs> syndrome and maybe a gay kid syndrome. I don't know. Um, all positive things that have probably just always made me feel like I have to stand up for myself, mm-hmm. like no matter what, because that's who you've got. You've got you. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know if I was all like, oh shit, but it's a lot more in the narrative of popular culture today. Mm -hmm. It's discussed in depth, right? Sure. Um, Even nine, 10 years ago, I mean, that wasn't front and center. Diversity. No. um, The the data of diversity, Mm -hmm. inclusion, population within your teens, blah, blah, blah. None of this good stuff today was really a part of the day-to-day kind of pop culture narrative, mm-hmm. but it's a good thing it is. This is how change happens. Yeah, it's messy. It it's is. loud. It's tough. It's very tough, and um, you, we have to have a thick skin. And sometimes it's okay if we don't. And sometimes it's okay if we just kind of feel shitty. Yeah. But then I hope that people, especially women, surround themselves by other people that boost them up, mm-hmm. say, girl, you got this. Yep. Um, not because that's the right thing to say, but because I know you do. And if there's something I can help X, Y, and Z and be specific, I can't stand it when people are like, tell me how you can, well, how, tell me how I can help. I don't know. Tell me what you can help with. <laughs> this is my problem. Would you please present some possible solutions? You know, don't be so open-ended. Yeah. Mm-hmm. People don't want an open-ended, you know. Like, no. Specific. You heard it here, folks. Be specific. You can <laughs> help helpful. someone. Tell them how you can help them. Yeah, tell them how you would love to help. Yes. Yeah. And keep reaching out, right? Keep trying. Keep showing up. Yeah. Put in the resume. <laughs> yeah. I think there is so much joy in helping yeah. each other. I think that makes life really worth all of the craziness. You know, it's like, it's the opposite is really, really depressing. Yeah. You know, um, help each other. Agree. But like for reals. Yeah. Because you can. Authentic and intentional. Yeah. Lizelle, how can people connect with you? Oh, I'm easy to find online. Yes. Um, so I love chatting on Twitter, at Hey Lizelle. Sometimes uh, I share some fun pictures on Instagram, <laughs> at Hey Lizelle. Women who start up is all over the social. So at Women Who Start Up um, on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Um, gosh, I'm mumbling on our podcast. Hopefully season four kicks off here in 2018 soon, maybe even here at House of Pod. Who knows? Um, but I'm really easy to reach. I'm also on LinkedIn, uh, Lizelle Van Vieren. Um, but at Hey Lizelle is usually a really good, easy way to find me. I have a Facebook page with that handle. Twitter page with that handle, Instagram page with that handle. I love chatting. Yes. I love chatting about stuff. I love hiring people that way. I love collaborating with people that way. I share a lot of ideas and and hope people will chatter away with me on on those ideas. Um, Yeah, I share a mixed bag of stuff online. Tech, innovation, pop culture, Mm -hmm. diversity, um, culture, uh, some Denver stuff, but yeah, mostly I really like to elaborate on badass shit happening in the world <laughs> and sports and sports like right now it's like insane with the world cup and, and it's a lot happening with, yeah. with wimbledon serena go serena um so yeah 
And I will vouch for that, that I used Twitter to get in touch with Azelle. And she was very quick, very responsive. So when she says that she tries her best to be accessible, she means it. Totally. She means it. So. Yeah, email is the worst way to try and reach me <laughs> because everyone tries to reach me. When, when you hit me at Twitter, uh, I'm definitely doing my best to, to hit you back up. Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining us today. <laughs> Everyone, you. please check out Lizelle Van Buren. Connect with her. She's She really is hilarious. Like, just follow her stuff. <laughs> and connect with women that start up. It's a great community for women entrepreneurs, no matter what you're doing, whether you're solopreneuring or you're building a huge tech firm, like whatever the thing is, connect there. And make sure you share this episode. Please. You're listening to That's What She Did. Thanks for joining.